Welcome to the very first episode of Living Through Tech. In this episode, we'll introduce ourselves, share our journeys through tech, what we've learned, and everything in between. So let's dive right in. Hi, my name is Jimena. And I'm Jono. So, Jimena, random question Are you a dog, cat, or other person? I'm definitely a dog person. I have a golden retriever named Baloo, who is about to turn two in November. But super random fact, he weighs 104 pounds and he was put on a diet. What about you? Oh my god, I love love dog diets. Um, As you know, I have a Australian cattle dog mix. His name's Albie, much less heavier than blue so he's 60 pounds um and we rescued him in chicago so yeah that is definitely a big difference than 60 pounds compared to 104 is it a pun that he is australian and you're australian (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah we're from the same mother mother country (laughs) motherland (laughs) motherland oh my god wow words um all right, well, this is our first podcast episode. Are you excited? I'm super excited. I think there's a lot to learn from starting a podcast, editing, blah, 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 but also the impact. I'm super excited about the impact that we are going to have on people. What about you? I think absolutely the same. Very excited to learn about a new thing uh, and also excited to have people on the show and hear about their stories through tech. Um, I guess which leads us to the first question. Let's talk about how we both got start- how we both got started in tech. Um, do you want to kick it off? How did you get started? Um, I got started in high school because I got in trouble one day, um, and I don't even remember why I got in trouble. I was like a really good kid, but that day I got in trouble, and my teacher at the time she made me play this game, like a coding game where I was typing English words to make something go from one place to another. And I just fell in love with video games at the time. And I thought, I'm going to build the next video game, blah, blah, blah. But turns out, video game. And you know, because I think you also wanted to go into video gaming, right? Yeah, that was like the whole reason I started a um, software engineering degree at university was because I thought I could be a game developer. How did that turn out, Jono? Yeah, not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a game developer. I realized it's really hard and very time-consuming. Yes, yes. How was your college career? Yeah, I think um, I didn't do great. I wasn't the most studious student. Um, I actually failed a few courses in my first few years. And it was only until I took an operating systems course where I realized how everything worked and it just kind of clicked and I actually started enjoying it more after that course. Um, how about you? What was your experience? Whoa, operating systems over here. <laughs> <laughs> that That's our class, Jono. Yeah, um, it was really fun. For me, the hardest class was Java. I actually failed it. Um, the, my first like semester of undergrad, I took it and I'm like, I'm going to be the next best engineer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I failed it. That humbled me down by a lot because I was like, oh, this is hard. A lot of factors went into why I failed the class. Um, 
But I retook the course and then uh, fast forward four years and I graduated with a degree in computer science um, and a minor in Homeland Security. <laughs> very nice. So you recovered very quickly after that. Yeah, I recovered. I ended up taking it. Um, I changed a lot of habits that I had. Like, I would go hang out with my friends rather than study. Like, I wasn't, you know, I feel like I was a very outgoing person in college. So I wanted to hang out with my friends, but then I changed my habits in order to to make something of myself in college. Gotcha. College was not cheap. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. I mean... I'm not sure what it was like in the States. I think in Australia, it was probably a little bit cheaper, but even then failing meant you'd had to pay for a whole nother semester, which never fun. How was finding your first job? Um, it was, it was hard. Thankfully, like I had a bunch of friends that kind of connected me to alumni and that got my foot in the door. I was able to find at least get an interview with a company, um, which was a medical research institute. And I didn't really do any web development then. It was kind of actually building iOS apps. Um, so it was all, all connections for me. I don't know. What about you? For me, I think it was also connections. And at the like when I graduated, I was doing a lot of community organizing work. Um, and I met various people um, that they like. They asked me, um, "Hey, what are you like? What is your career path?" I told them I want to go into tech. Uh, some of those people became my mentors. They helped me build my resume, fix my resume, and then they opened their network as well. They sent my resume out, and uh, one of the recruiters for one of the companies reached out. I did a couple of interviews. Uh, the whiteboard interview process is the worst. I hated it. It was like, <laughs> here I'm sitting. I actually interviewed with one company where I, I was in a room whiteboarding and the developer that was in charge of that session wasn't saying anything. And at the like five minute mark, like uh, they tell you you're supposed to talk through the interview, blah, blah, blah. Tell them what you're thinking. Um, it wasn't engaging. I ended up not working for that company. I was like, nah. They they denied me. Obviously, like at one point, I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to work for you guys. But yeah. I landed my first job at the company where we met, and I feel like, um, overall, the company has a good um, progress to get people caught like comfortable with their code base they give you a certain amount of weeks to get used to ruby and ruby on rails which was new to me because my school was java um and i met a lot of mentors at, at the company where i and i say mentors because they became my friends like you um and i have a special place in my heart for chi hu because she is a software test engine senior software test engineer and she became my go-to person. Um, any questions I had, which was a lot, <laughs> she would answer and she built my confidence up. Um, mm -hmm. And like people like that were senior at the time where I joined helped me build my confidence. What about you? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to have mentors and like, having 
you know, the last company we worked at, having these senior people where I could work closely uh, was great. Because in my earlier jobs, it was always just me and one other developer, and they were always busy. <laughs> so it was really hard for me to find time to ask questions and to learn. Um, I had to really focus on kind of community outreach, talking to people over Twitter or in local meetups just to get some questions answered. Um, I know this is a question that a lot of kind of early in career developers or people that are still looking for a job have. I think, how do you find a mentor? I, the way I did it was going to meetups. Um, and Chicago is a big city for meetups. Um, right now with the pandemic, things are all over the place. But prior to the pandemic, there's a lot of meetups that happen. Um, one of them is Hacker Night or uh, Haskell meetups. There's a lot of meetups where people just go and spend some time. There is either hand, like hand-on workshops or um, talks where you just go and like meet cool people. Um, so I spend a lot of like Tuesday nights or Thursday nights uh, meetups or... For me, it was community organizing. I am very passionate about the my community having the right resources, um, and I met with a lot of like politicians and um, other people that were invested in the community uh, that were have a profession. So they that that's how I built those networks up, um, and I always and like give give my time for community organ like events so um yeah that's how i build my network what about yeah. you how was it going from australia to the states and finding a job in the states yeah it was it was daunting honestly starting kind of a, like fresh with no network uh was really hard i think i just got really lucky with um you know the last company that we worked at I had a friend of a friend of a friend who got me um, at least an interview or got me a name of the recruiter there uh, and I was able to apply and they kind of put me through the interview process, somehow passed <laughs> everything and then got, got the job, yeah. I think like something you said about giving back to the community as a mentor, I think that actually really helped me learn this job as well because I, I was pretty involved with um shout out to the code newbie community i was really involved with like making you know helping other developers and just trying to learn as much as i can from other people but also giving content that's uh yeah i, I think that really helped on the giving back to the community um i feel like that's something now that i'm i question myself a lot on how much time would you as a senior engineer would recommend for somebody and entering the workforce in tech to spend on open source programs or like what would you say is how much time is like would you recommend for people to spend on projects like that that's a great question it's hard because it depends on people's situations I think a lot of people, especially you know, if you're a single parent who has kids, you can't really spend a lot of time working on an open source project versus someone who's just finished university. They have zero responsibility. They can spend all the time they want. Um, so I think the answer would be it really depends. <laughs> it depends on how much time you have. Uh, at least 
for me, I think when I interview people at my company, the things I'm looking forward, looking towards is passion, like whether you're excited to be a developer, um, and then also just problem solving skills. I, I don't know how much I care about how well you code mm -hmm. because if you can learn and if you can solve problems, then it doesn't really matter what language you code in. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions and this is something that I, I think like once we have a recruiter in tech in our, in our channels, um, I feel like once, uh, I would want to ask, um, how much time are they looking for, like a student, for example, to have on their resume towards program, towards um, open source programs, right? Like, because I feel it's, yes, they're students and they should have some contributions to open source and like a GitHub account and all of that, but I it, it's challenging. Like, a lot of people have so much going on that it's like, it all depends, right? So I don't know. I, I feel like we should save that question for a, a recruiter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you were to like go back and do something different, would you? And what would you do differently? I, if I could go back, I would be more vocal when it comes to meetings uh, on my team. I feel that at my previous company, I wasn't as vocal as I should have been um, during some meetings, like example, retro meetings, retrospective meetings, um, because I wasn't comfortable being the only one in the room. And um, sometimes I had valuable thoughts that would improve the team dynamic. And I wouldn't say those ideas, comments, or I wouldn't because I would I always felt uncomfortable being the only Latina in the room. And I was young. I was, when I got out of undergrad, I landed the job and I felt I didn't have enough experience. So being in a room with senior engineers that are all male and me being so young, I felt that my my boys didn't have a say, a matter in, in what the team was building. Um, and when I joined the new company that I'm at, I felt that I was so new. Who is this girl trying to come in and say some ideas as how the team has been working? But I have been really lucky to have a manager now that encourages that and gives me those opportunities to be vocal. And have a say no matter what my title is no matter how old I am or if I'm a woman like he gives me those opportunities either doing retro and my my team actually is very encouraging when it comes to that they we give each other minutes to talk like okay I said this but okay Jimena your turn what do you think so having that opportunity is helping me grow and I feel I would if I would have started earlier I would be more confident now. What about you? Yeah, I just want to say that's a great way to run a meeting, like making sure <laughs> everyone has a chance to talk. Because, yeah, I've been in so many meetings where it's just two people and they're having a conversation and there's six other people in the room just watching them. Um, yeah, I definitely echo that feeling of diversity and not having 
anyone that looks like me in tech. I definitely felt the same way earlier on in my career where I didn't really want to speak up or I didn't want to look dumb, I guess I just want to say. Um, and it's like so important to have someone who knows your situation and prompts you and is able to kind of ask you for your opinion instead of you having to you know, put yourself out there and give it. Um, and I think another thing that I would change is being okay with failure. Uh, as an early career developer, you're definitely going to fail and you're definitely going to feel imposter syndrome. Actually, don't think that ever goes away. But being okay with that failure is is really hard to learn. <laughs> it's something that, you know, I think definitely want to work on. Yeah. If somebody has a recipe as to how to get rid of imposter syndrome, please send it our way. I, I totally agree with you. It never goes away. Like, there's still times where you sit there and you're like, oh, what? Like, am I, what? But yeah. finding a community is definitely important. I feel like that's what got me through my first years as an engineer was finding mm. that group of friends that I could bend to. Like, I remember going to the kitchen and finding you or another one of our friends in our group. Um, she, like I mentioned, she definitely saw a lot, a lot of my downfalls and moments of like what am i even doing um but finding that community where we support each other and we like build ourselves up right like i'm here for you i may not be at the same technical or doing the same project for instance right like um but building ourselves up and having good feedback right um it's i feel like it's it's what gets us through like we're not alone on this and one of the main goals for our podcast right to mm -hmm. share that we're not alone on this like it's it's real it's out there like we are we need more people of color in tech but we're here to support each other and like get through like with anything you get me yeah 100 percent. and like if you you know if you're not in a job that gives you the opportunity to find that community or maybe you don't even have a job yet. Like there's plenty of places to go find your tribe. Like I think Twitter um, can be a great place. Obviously there's a lot of noise in Twitter, but you've mentioned before local meetups is another great place. Um, do you have any others? I, I haven't seen a lot of um, community like Slack channels recently. Um, there is a big one called Techria or the Latino community, um, Girls Who Code is also a big community that's also doing a lot of great work um, to give back. Um, I've seen more Slack channels and a lot of like Zoom meetups where people have different organizations come and share what they're doing um, and meetups once this whole pandemic is over. Hopefully like soon. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. On a positive side of tech, what cool projects are you working on, Jono? Oh, great question. I feel like I have way too many side projects going on. I'm trying to learn new languages. So I'm learning about a language called Alexa, which is a functional programming language. Um, I heard about this years ago, but only recently picked it up. Uh, there's a framework called Phoenix, which is very similar to Rails. That's what I'm using to build and practice Alexa. Kind of crazy news, I did get accepted for a talk 
at Elixicon for 2020, which is awesome. Also very nerve wracking. It's my first ever conference talk and I don't really know <laughs> what to really talk about. It is my kind of first foray into Elixir as well. I applied in a whim and somehow got in. So I guess that's how all good conference talks start. That is awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Question about that. How do how did you hear about the conference? How did you apply? Yeah, so um I guess this is like good advice for anyone who's just looking at a conference. I found out about it through Twitter. Um most programming languages have a related conference. So for example, Ruby has a Ruby conference um, that happens every year. And with all the remote stuff that's going on, it's actually really accessible to get into conferences these days. Uh, the application process, it's called a call for proposals that was put out and I applied online. It was through Google Forms, you just submit some stuff about your talk. And the reason I applied was I was, I was curious about how Elixir actually worked and wanted to really dive into the guts of it because I've never really done that before in a programming language. So I just applied to try and force myself to learn something new and got in. That is so, so cool. Um, as an engineer, now that you have some years under your belt, did you ever see yourself giving a, like a talk in a conference, right? Um, what... And that's part one. And part two is, um, do you see yourself speaking at more conferences? Two-parter, love it. Um, so no, definitely not what I imagined my career being. I think I'd always dreamt of being a conference speaker. You know, they seemed like the rock star developers who were giving <laughs> conference talks. So I obviously wanted to be like them, uh, but never, Never thought I would. I'm not very good at public speaking. I feel like I get very nervous and flustered. Um, and I don't really like that <laughs> emotion. But I'm glad I'm doing it. And whether or not I'm going to give more conference talks, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. That is so cool. Um, yeah. What a pun. Like, you don't see yourself public speaking, but we have started a podcast. I Ironic. <laughs> I know. This is just a conversation between us, right? No one's, no one's going to listen no to this, No one's right? listening, right? <laughs> Who's listening? Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what about you? What exciting things are you working on? Oh, man. I've been doing some workshops for schools. Um, last week, I spent some time with Calculated Genius and their summer cohort teaching them how to code in Python, which is practically English. Um, they were really excited. I... Fun fact, I went to the school I graduated from elementary school, my elementary years, and I was teaching them how to code as well in Python, and um, she, one of the girls actually came up to me after, and after the workshop, and she asked me, why, why did you go into tech? And I was like, oh, because you know that cool website where you type anything and a lot of results come up, uh, Google. And she's like, yeah. So um, I was like, I want to work for them one day. I That's my end goal. And her answer was, um, she was like, oh, you will work for them one day. And so will I. And we're going to build products that 
help people like us and we're gonna make the world better that moment i was just like yes this is why i do everything that i do this is why i spend time in school teaching kids how to code this is why i give to open source it's it was that moment where i was like not only did she see me at google fingers crossed uh, mm -hmm. but she also saw herself at six in sixth grade she sees herself working for like a big company right so that was like a big moment for me uh and one of the main reasons why i always share my story and share why i go back and teach kids in communities and get them introduced um i recently got involved with this organization it's called nuevo foundation and um i'm in charge of their web stuff i do um anything that has to be on their front end for their website it's an org that gives back to community um to the communities they have impacted a, a little bit more of uh, over 5000 students all over the world actually in three different languages we do workshops in english spanish and there's one more language i can't rem remember at the moment but it's it's been taking some of my time and i look forward to continuing to do that that's awesome it's so powerful to see or it's like to hear from these young kids look up to you and you know see themselves in you because i think that's one of the things that you know we both mentioned in this podcast we, we didn't really have that when we first got started so you know you're giving this you're a role model to these children and that's awesome like that's really great to hear um, yeah. So I think we'll, we're definitely going to add a link to Nuevo Foundation in the show notes. Um, but how else can people pitch in to help? I I think if you're an engineer and have some React experience, please reach out. I've been trying to do some some stuff in the website that I'm still learning myself. Um, so if somebody knows about React or um, want to contribute in any way, give a workshop. Uh, we do like hardware workshops or any um, like web stuff, uh, like web teaching kids how to code. Um, if you're good with like Raspberry Pis as well. There are so many opportunities, not just with Nuevo. There is so many organizations that I could name from the top of my head. Um, I have volunteer with Girls Who Code. Um, girls who code at UIC if you're in Chicago, they are pretty cool. Chick Tech, um, so many, so many organizations that we could probably name in the show notes that you could volunteer. Yeah, that's awesome. Jono, on that note of thinking back to what we, when we were younger, um, what advice would you give yourself when you were younger? or people starting their career in tech? Yeah, I think uh, practical advice that I would give is really learn how to problem solve, really learn how to break down something into small pieces that you can work on. Um, something that I heard from a recent coworker is his feeling of being really overwhelmed. And then, like, I know that exact feeling when you pick up something new, completely new, and you're trying to build a really large project with it you kind of have no idea where to start. And that's where problem solving actually really comes and helps. What about you? Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking of all the times if I could have 
save myself some time and, and just analyze it a little bit more uh like the problem um i would say to be comfortable with being uncomfortable um especially early in the in my career when i was interviewing with companies it was really overwhelming uh from I think my favorite part has always been like the call with the recruiter because the recruiters are usually nice and friendly. Um, but being uncomfortable in in the rooms when during the interview sessions, um, for me the worst experience was um, whiteboarding interviews, right? Where you're in a room, they give you a problem and you have to solve it. That is really uncomfortable for me, and I had to learn how to be okay with that. Um, so being okay with being uncomfortable would be my advice. That's really great advice. And uh, that's all the time we have today. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We love that you're here. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or whatever your favorite podcast player is. You can find me at John Young. And you can find me on... Twitter as at human underscore Cortez01.